name is Emma Hopkins. I'm the VP of events here at the Real Estate Student Association at the University of Calgary under the Westman Center of Real Estate. You are listening to the RESA Student Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Joey Stensland, our VP of Mentorship. Hello, hello. Uh, it is great to be here today. Together, we have the pleasure of being joined by Burul Fajeki, the President and CEO of Bordeaux Developments. Burul, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course, thank you for your time. Bordeaux Developments would be most known for their Harmony Development, which is a community that's currently being built just outside of Calgary. So if any of you students are familiar with the Mickelson Golf Course that is located at this community. But before we jump into talking about Harmony, if Burul, you could just give us a very high-level overview of your past experience and how you got to where you are today in the industry. Uh, Of course. Um, So I'm a UFC graduate as well uh, with the BCom uh, at the University of Calgary, so love the program there. Uh, Graduated in 91, 92, I guess. Uh, And after that, I went to, I I went for a three-week holiday to Turkey. That's my background. I I have a blended background and I wanted to kind of just discover it, if you will, and, and coincidentally did the classic cliche, fell in love and got a job offer. Uh, that's what kept me in Turkey for 10 years. And about 2001, I returned back to Calgary. Uh, I had always been involved in land development, uh, both in Turkey and obviously now here in Calgary. And my love for the industry, which goes into housing, um, comes from my childhood. My, uh, my mom's an interior designer, and we always worked on our own houses and were just always demoing something and rebuilding something else. So I just love the industry. So, Piro, please tell us uh, about your path to starting Bordeaux Developments. Um, why did you start? Why did you decide to start um, a residential real estate develop, development company? It, it was actually started by a gentleman called Bill Pringle. So he um, he was formerly with Brookfield Properties, and he had also left in I think it was two thousand, and that was about the time where I was starting to get an itch to come back to Calgary. I missed it deeply. I, I love the city. And uh, I was actually in touch with one of my professors from UFC, uh, a lady by the name of Donna Farrar-Kerr. And she commented that I had to meet uh, Bill Pringle. I, we would hit it off. We're, we're yin and yang. We're polar opposites, but they would complement those, that skill set would complement each other. And uh, I took, obviously I trusted her and I took her word for it. So I flew back to Calgary to meet Bill. And sure enough, we, uh, we are yin and yang, um, but we also complement each other very well. And, you know, one of the things we talked about at the very beginning, the main driver to, to starting a development company was that we both believed, um, you know, our industry was missing uh, a very important element to what we're trying to create. And it's a focus of, you know, I think we've lost sight a little bit of the focus of people. Um, you know, why do we build homes and why do we build communities that we build? Um, we're certainly as a country uh, way past this con- uh, this notion of shelter. Um, we have to focus on what we're doing. We just felt there's a better way to, to create community and, and truly live up to what that word means. So how that works when you were in Turkey, um, you, you kept ties in Canada, in Calgary, because um, you, you knew you wanted to get back to Calgary or Canada for that matter, and um, start a business and, and uh, continue a career in Canada. 
How did that, how did that work? Was there an exit plan? Uh, there really wasn't. Um, I guess that would tie back to some of the advice I would always give anyone who's starting their career is, you know, spread your wings as wide as you can, but also remember where home is. Um, you never know when you'll have to get back to or want to get back there. So, so the reason I wanted to come back is I, I had married in Turkey and uh, we were talking about uh, starting a family. And, uh, you know, I have lots of great things to say about Turkey as a country, but Istanbul as a city, well, it's, I say it's the perfect blend between Paris and, and New York. It is not the place to raise a young child, in my view. Uh, so as we started to talk about having children, uh, I knew the place I needed to be was Calgary. And that was the impetus that, that brought me, uh, or started me to look for, uh, for a job back here in Calgary. So assuming back when you did move back, the market was doing a lot better than Calgary might be doing today. Um, so if you could go back to um, that stage where you're trying to figure out where to work, um, if you were a student now, would you still choose to settle down in Calgary despite our economic climate? Absolutely. Um, you know, we're all in this together. Um, every city, every country has its ups and downs um, and not not to get too corny or philosophical, but um, you know, your highs are, are augmented by your lows uh, and you start to appreciate both of them. They build on one another. The people we are today um, come from the challenges we've had in the past. So, you know, Calgary, it, it feels tough right now and it is tough for sure. Um, and it'll only get better if we kind of all pull in the same direction. There's, there's lots to be accomplished here. So, yeah, no regrets at all. That's uh, very comforting to hear on my end because personally I'm going into commercial brokerage, which is definitely one of the more like struggling sides of the industry. And there's a lot of ups and downs, but um, the advice I keep getting from industry professionals over and over again is that Calgary is always in that cycle. So it may be down now, which provides the best learning opportunity for me being young when I don't have to support a family. I get to learn in this down market and then take all that experience to a better market. But, but what you also get is you're at the front end of, you know, I think, something that's very exciting. You've got millions of square feet of um, unleased space right now and you can be part of a team that figures out how to deploy that like how to innovate and create something that's special and like if, if I was your age I'd be, I'd be like wow this is this is neat this is the opportunity because that's what life is about it's gotta have fun with it many challenges also means many opportunities I agree and, and how, do you, how do you encourage um, innovative ideas within your team to um, you know, the next generation that is going into real estate? How do, how do you encourage creativity and that innovation, especially in Calgary? Yeah, in, in my view, two important things. One is um, the art of listening. You know, it's, it's, we often hear, I'm not convinced we, we listen very well. Uh, that's the first step. And the second step would be, I'm, I'm a big believer in, and it's a philosophy that was well-rooted in harmony when we were doing the early planning was, you know, it's the more great minds there are, the more great ideas there will be. So we wanted to surround ourselves 
with as many um, stakeholders as we could when we were planning out the community. And I think that's where innovation comes from, is talk to everybody. Because it's, ironically, I'm not convinced that innovation uh, is that easy when you're entrenched in your day-to-day work, because you're so familiar with it, you're almost too close to the topic. Um, Innovation comes when you talk to others that are on the fringe or outside your your you know, business or, or topic of nature, uh, whatever the topic is you're thinking about. And as you just explore different ideas, all of a sudden just different switches trigger in your mind and that's where innovation will come from. Like I'll give you a couple of simple examples for Harmony, which, are, which I think are kind of cute. You know, we, we did surround ourselves with obviously um, subject matter experts whether it's General Electric, whether it's psychologists who would work with seniors, whether it's the RCMP on building safe, um, safe principles for building communities, uh, planners, engineers, like, you know, that's low-hanging fruit. But we also worked with the U of C students, uh, graduate students we brought in for, for some brainstorming sessions to critique us, to, to actually pick our plan apart because uh, they had their ideas and their perspective, the lens they were looking at our challenge was completely different than what we were looking at. It. We had, and we still have every year, I, I host events for uh, elementary kids. And I love that event because in its rawest form, you're getting an idea of what a very young child looks to for a community. So they talk about enjoyment and play and, and sport, but nestled in those words are, uh, items of security, safety, uh, walkability. So it's it's really kind of interesting to to talk to as many people as possible. Would be a big word of encouragement for innovation. And I mean, the perspective of of a university students, that, that's why coffee chats with professionals um, in the industry, or or even just taking the time to to chat with other students, not not even necessarily in your own business school. Outside of yeah. different faculties, I just, I just, I believe that nothing, you know, nothing happens until you show up and, and have a conversation and meet with somebody, yeah. and generate ideas that way. Yeah, we, you know, we'll often, uh, I'll step off the curb, but by definition, innovation is something that's completely new. So, in, in by definition, um, people are a little bit hesitant to to suggest something because of the fear of you know, not fitting in or fear of it sounding really stupid or getting laughed at or thinking that, you know, the boss will think that they're a little bit stupid, you know, so people are actually scared to step off the curb. So when, whenever we talk about brainstorming sessions around my shop, heck, I'll step, step off the curb with a really dumb idea because you can build on that. It lets down everybody's guard. If you're willing to be a little bit foolish and just, you know, set that bar so low, it's pretty easy to come up with a better idea. That's uh, it's, it. You have to disarm uh, when you're in group settings. You really have to disarm the group to to not to let it to kind of disengage any sort of stigma around simply being wrong. Because there is nothing about uh, when it comes to innovation. You you simply can't be wrong. There is no idea that's a bad idea because it's new. I, I'm really curious. Um, and I think this is, I think this is really important, especially in our generation. Um, like attention span is, is very minimal these days. I find with, with our generation with technology, cell phones, 
it's everywhere. Um, where are we going wrong with our listening skills um, these days? So, so at the risk of sounding old, which I guess I am getting there, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, it is it is a skill to put down the tools and focus on one item. So uh, in, in, in our case, we won't allow cell phones uh, into some of our meetings because it's so it is so easy and, and that's why I hate you know zoom calls and conference calls or I certainly hate when people turn off their camera because you know darn well they're doing something else and there hasn't been a meeting uh, on on zoom that I've been on where when the camera's off one of the individuals always gets caught with, oh, I'm sorry, I, um, I, I missed that point. Can you re rephrase that, please? Or could you ask that again? They're, they're distracted. So it is a discipline to actually stay engaged. It is an effort to stay engaged with the conversation. And we have to, we all, and yeah, it's not only your generation, all of us are guilty of this. I think a big part of that, like attention span and listening helps people, uh, build relationships as well and brings a lot of people together. And I think that's a very interesting point to touch on with your harmony development is you have so many amazing, very innovative projects and partners on the project. So can you uh, discuss that a little bit and how you were able to form those relationships? Yeah, of course. Um, and I'd like to think it's, it's always ongoing for in, in harmony's example. What we've tried to do is for each element. So if I was to back up a little bit with Harmony, one of the things, um, the, the underlying vision for Harmony is, is to focus on the individuals and the families that live in Harmony uh, and the guests and visitors that will come to Harmony. What experience are they going to have in the community? Uh, and this was really important to us. I think uh, as an industry, one of the things we're, we've been missing um, uh, is that you know we we put infrastructure in the ground like no tomorrow we're great at roads we're great at pipe in the ground we're great at building houses but I'm, I'm not convinced we stop and ask ourselves you know what happens after we're done what's the interaction at the street level how are our neighbors communicating with one another what sort of things are we leaving behind so with harmony when we first started the planning, uh, I mentioned psychologists earlier. I surround myself with two, uh, one psychologist, one sociologist, uh, to get an idea of what are the expectations of, you know, individuals who would want their own personal time for their own mental well-being for breaks, I would call them. Uh, and what are the expectations for families and, and the interactions with others within the community? So we tried to, to create a community around um, building a safe and a happy environment for, for individuals and families that just have a sense of belonging. So I, I, I'm hoping uh, my industry, you know, my biggest fear is that a lot of the mental well-being that we, that we talk about, uh, and therefore the flip side uh, mental illness that we talk about, I, I, I'm one of, I believe that it's in part caused by the communities we are creating. We're not creating great places, great experiences for people to feel safe and regenerate themselves in. Um, so I, I think we need to pivot a little bit as far as community development and home construction in that sense. 
Um, so our, our efforts in Harmony was to make sure that every experience that we have or that, that the people have who live in Harmony is a special experience. And the only way we could do that is by creating these fantastic partnerships with, with people that actually you know, know what they're doing <laughs> for, for a specific skill set. So in the case of golf, um, you know, we knew we wanted a golf course. I played a, a pivotal point for, for Harmony's amenity um, providing uh, offering. But, but no one in our group knows anything about building or operating a golf course. So we, we partnered with Windmill Golf Group, uh, Nicholson National, and created what's hopefully going to be one of the best courses in Canada. Um, I think if, you, if you're in the golf world, they're already calling it one of the best in Canada. So we're quite proud of that. Another example would be our relationship with Group Nordique out of Quebec. Um, they're, they're bringing to Harmony a world-class spa experience uh, for you know, both Harmony homeowners as well as visitors from the Calgary region. You know, those two examples are great examples of uh, partnerships for our amenities. But let me talk about you know, uh, our relationship with Corex and uh, before Corex, General Electric on the planning stage uh, of our water and wastewater treatment facilities. You know, in Harmony, we have one of the most advanced water and wastewater treatment facilities in North America. Um, we did that intentionally. Um, we did that uh, with, with the hope that we would work with the province of Alberta and drive policy change for our water resources. So um, our, our potable water obviously comes from the Bow River, but most, well, in, in Alberta, all we do with our wastewater is we do some irrigation or we release it back to the river system, which is important. But there's other opportunities there as well. Uh, and we think secondary use is a real tangible and viable alternative that we should all be thinking about. And we put that infrastructure in to accommodate um, that. In university, like we all have such an emphasis on um, making connections within the industry and meeting people. So when you talk about all those partnerships that you've created over time, are those through like a mutual network or do you just find people you want to partner with and reach out on your own? Or how would you recommend to students to building their own network? Uh, well, I think uh, I think students in general, you guys are masters at developing networks. Uh, so that, that's a good thing. Um, for for myself, my focus has always been on the fact I love people, like I and I love talking to people from different backgrounds. So it's always interesting for me to to you know when you when you get a suggestion of oh you, you know someone will say you should really talk to so and so about um, skateboard parts. Um, as we have in Harmony. That's really interesting for me. So I'll, I'll reach out to that person. And through conversation, you'll actually, you know, as you explore conversation, you will find you know, five other people you need to talk, talk to about different ideas that have been generated from, from that. Um, you know, we've, we've gone from, in, when I think of Harmony's Lake, which also is one of the deepest man-made lakes in Alberta, uh, it is, I call it a glorified swimming pool. We have a shallow treatment system, a deep water treatment system. Uh, so it's an amenity as well as our, as our reservoir. Uh, it's led to conversations with fish experts on, well, how do we have fish in the lake, uh, which is also fun for fishing and sport. 
but it also has a, 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 a very purposeful use to having fish in the water. And learning, as you learn more and talk to more people, you, you, you'll end up discovering other people that you want to speak to as well. That makes sense? <laughs> that was a mouthful, sorry. That sounds great. Now in real estate developments, there's so many variables that come into play. Um, Bureau, now as you, as you chief in command, uh, what, does it, what does it take to stay on top of, on top of it all? To always be informed, learning about new, um, new technology, sustainability, and, and what does it take to be prepared for anything if and when it, do, it goes wrong in development? Yeah, um, build, build your team that loves to do the same. So you, as you, I hate to use the word go up the ladder, but as, you, as your role becomes um, more senior in an organization, you'll want to make sure the team that you work with uh, is senior in their specific topic matter because they're your point of contact and point of entry to get information. Uh, so your information starts to become only as good as the people that are giving you that information. Uh, and, you know, we've talked a little bit earlier about innovation. That's why I love having people around me that are creative, uh, you know, and they're, and they're not shy to, to be creative. Now, they'll know when to, you know, to let go of an idea. That's also really, really valuable. I've, um, I've, I've worked with some people in the past that simply won't let go. And sometimes you realize when you're part of a team, you gotta pick your battles. Um, but, but if you, for me, it was, it's, it's important if, if I want to, you know, keep getting fed very valuable information, it's only gonna come from team members that enjoy finding new ideas, thinking of different ways to approach problems. And, and I'm quite proud to say I, I have that with my team. And I also have that with our partners. We, you know, we partner with a great company in Qualico and I see it over there as well. And recruiting that uh, tremendous team. How did you, how did you, how did you discover the creativity um, in your, in your team members first, first bringing them on and maybe an interview process or meeting him for the first time. I, I assume a lot of it is is personality. Um, absolutely. Well, uh, sorry, I'm not sure. I was about to say absolutely, but I'll give you one example without giving any names in a bit. But uh, it is through the interview process because your you know your resume speaks volumes. Um, I think I have yet to see. Uh, I, I rarely see a poorly written. Uh, resume. It, it explains the black and white of you know who the individual is. But when you actually get into a meeting, uh, it's that's where for me I'm able to discover. You know, are they truly interested in innovation? Are they truly interested in exploration and just or or being the best at whatever their um, task is? Um, I have uh, one individual with our company when we were doing the interview. Uh, as you probably picked up, I'm a I'm a fairly um, outgoing individual, and and you know, I definitely love people. She's very quiet and very timid, and 
the we were doing a joint interview with another with another senior person from my company and, and he said to me after he goes well i guess that didn't go well for you she was pretty quiet wasn't she and i said no just the opposite um she she you could tell she was well thought through she thought her questions she also challenged herself she said something that was quite interesting to me she said you know one of the things that I'm that I'm starting to do is stand-up comedy, and I find it really uncomfortable and awkward, but it's kind of fun and quirky at the same time, and I think my dryness is making people laugh, and I loved it. Like, who does that? If you're an introvert, who actually goes out on stage and does stand-up comedy? So it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was probably the, the, the key reason why we hired her, and no regrets. She's fantastic, actually. It's bravery too to get out of your comfort zone in that way. I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> get out of your comfort zone. Maybe that's that's yeah, when the best things happen too. Absolutely. It's interesting for you to say that there is a place in your company for that um, introvert who has all the background knowledge because we get drilled with the mentality that you have to be a certain way, your personality type going into the business world, like all of us getting business degrees that you have to be super going, you have to do the right things. But I think there is something to be said about that variety. Um, and especially in commercial real estate, it seems to be pretty streamlined. Everyone's kind of the same in one way or the other. Um, so would you say there is a personality trait or something that you really admire when you first meet people that you might think lack in the industry or students could work on? Authenticity. I know that word has sadly been overused uh, so much, but truly that is the most valuable trait that anyone who's in front of me can, can portray. Uh, show me who you really are. Um, show me your vulnerabilities. Show me your strengths, because we all have them. And I think we were so caught up in, and fearful for people to understand where we're vulnerable. Uh, it's... Um, it's it's a real miss. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back a little bit because um, I because I, I have no doubt this is built um, built your credibility bureau. Um, but your, your experience it was ten years in, in Turkey. Yeah. In real estate development. Yes. Um, so, what were the like most important lessons about about business that you learned in in Europe in Turkey um, that you, you probably would not have learned in Canada. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, how different business is. And it, it, what was really interesting, and I was, um, you know, because I was the front end of my career, I was hardly that I was uh, in a senior position. Uh, I, I eventually got there. But one of the things that I was most shocked with is, uh, you know, cultural norms on how business is conducted from country to country is is um, it's very different, and it's it's not appropriate in my view for for as Canadians for us to impose our kind of values and ethics in other countries because it's different. And that was probably my biggest learning, uh, how, how business is conducted. I know that's really cryptic, uh, and I apologize for that. Um, but I also want to be, be cautious that we're also working with young minds. So it's, 
Um, yeah, that's a great question. The different, how different? Different in what ways? Well, so, so relationships are very, very important um, in, in Turkey. And I noticed that uh, from, from the get-go, uh, which I found fascinating, where it, it, was, it was less about, you know, a, they, they, they would never, for, for any of the tendering and bidding that I saw, that I was witness to, it was, it was not about, you know, what did the paperwork look like? It's who's across the table from you, what's the relationship, and what are they delivering, period. So it wasn't cut uh, so black and white. And I know that that's a little different here, for sure. And I'm not, I, I'm, I'm still struggling with, I'm not sure which is better. So there's a big emphasis on, on trust then. emphasis on trust there. Whereas North America, is it, is it, is it more technical, legal paperwork? A lot. A lot uh, so very interesting. I don't, to, to, to my recollection, I don't think I was, I ever saw any approach where, where the court system was involved, probably because it's so broken. <laughs> Might have been one of the reasons in, in, in Turkey. But when I look uh, in, in Canada, it's, that's the first step. So to your point on, is it technical? Uh, is it driven by paperwork? It, our business is it's driven a little bit by fear and a lot by paperwork, which is quite sad. So when you say like conforming to those norms, did you find yourself doing that at all? Like putting one hat when you were living over in Turkey doing business there and then putting on another hat when you're here? You know... As I said earlier, I, I still struggle with what's right, um, you know, which path is the right path. I didn't struggle because I simply wasn't there long enough. Uh, and obviously, one of the reasons why I wanted to come back to Canada was, you know, there's some, there's some challenges. You know, let me step off the curb and be blunt. Um, bribery is quite rampant in Turkey uh, that I saw. Um, and that doesn't work for me. Like it, it's not part of my value system uh, and I didn't want to get, you know, further entrenched with, with that way of life or for business. And in that sense, being back here in Canada was exceptionally refreshing. So you've given so many pieces of great advice throughout this entire conversation. Um, but wrapping it up a little bit here, it's, there's one piece of advice you could give to a student who's looking to pursue a career um, down the development path, what would you say to them? Uh, you know, it, it's going to sound, and maybe we'll have to drill down into a little bit, a little bit, you know, motherhood apple pie statement, but um, really enjoy what you're doing and believe in what you're doing is making a difference. Even if it's as simple as, being at the front end of your career and learning from what's around you, you, you'll distinguish very quickly, right from wrong, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. Um, and if you, if you match that with just being your authentic self, you'll go a long way in our industry. 
This, this is going to be my last question. I think it's a very important question because uh, my classmates, friends in Calgary don't realize it. It's a, it's a big world out there. There's, there's so much. Calgary is just peanuts to the rest of the world. Um, Bureau, would you recommend students to, to work somewhere else, whether it's in Canada or international, and just gain a lot of wisdom first? Nice bring it back to Calgary and fix those challenges with international experience then, or is, is Calgary the way the place to establish one's career? Uh, for, for any industry, any career, it's, my view is always expand your wings. It expands your network. It expands your mind, your, your state of mind, your frame set, what, what you think, how you think. Um, let's face it. We need to think more globally anyway. Um, you know, we, we talked about innovation. Alberta is at the front, very front end of that. We need to innovate, uh, particularly in Calgary. Uh, you know, we have amazing, amazing engineers, amazing grad, graduate students that we need to figure out what we're going to do with, you know, with everyone and, and keep this city thriving. Uh, our oil and gas sector, I hope, will still be a cornerstone for, for many years to come. And I fully expect it will be a cornerstone for many years to come but I think we need to leverage that cornerstone better um, so that's that's something as Calgarians we and Albertans we need to figure out with the rest of this country uh, we need to uh, need to I guess, sing a stronger message about what we uh, our contributions to, to this great uh, country but yes spread your wings go as far as you can to as many places as you can but, but and that being said, I, I wouldn't go a mile wide, an inch deep either. Like it's not a matter of just seeing different places. Uh, if, if that's all you have, that's fine. But, but I actually try to understand the culture and the setting and the people. So I, I, I see myself as a Canadian. I didn't understand Turkey. Uh, I saw lots of things that I loved. I saw lots of things that I knew I couldn't be part of or wouldn't want to be part of as I got older. Um, so, so Calgary is a fantastic city to come back to. So for all you students freaking out that uh, you can't find a job here, what the future in Calgary looks like, time and time again, we've been hearing from industry professionals that this is a great place to be, um, but there still is an emphasis on travel and learning about other markets. So to wrap it all up, thank you so much, Burl, for um, letting us speak with you and ask you all these questions questions the advice you provided it's been absolutely incredible and i can't wait for students to hear this episode thank you i compliment both of you you you, you guys i'm constantly amazed as i was when you came out to harvard just how strong students of today are and I'm, I'm you guys are our hope i i love it I, I love the energy level thank you we hope you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe to the real estate student podcast and share with your friends